Chapter 15, Community Service. There are so many parts and facets to probation that I think it's best to break it down into sections, starting with community service. As soon as Lee informed me back in November that part of my sentencing would be to participate in 50 hours of community service, my mind began to work. I started asking questions. What was it? What did I have to do? I received a wide range of answers from putting on a janitor's uniform to picking up debris along the Southern State Parkway to washing dishes, cleaning toilets, and a nursing home. I thought that maybe I could turn this into a positive experience for everyone. As I noted earlier, I sing and play the guitar. About a mile from where I lived was Sunrise Village, a senior community home. The Monday after my sentencing, as instructed, I called a community service officer where I was to report and make an appointment for Thursday, March 8th. After I hung up the phone, I took a ride over to Sunrise. I parked the car and walked through the front door like I owned the place. I went up to the receptionist and asked who was in charge of activities. Mary Ann McGrath. I asked to see her and was told her office was upstairs. No appointment, no call, nothing. So I went upstairs and found her. Mary Ann McGrath, I asked as I stuck out my hand to shake it. Michael Palermo, how are you? She was adorable. About 28, 30 years old, 5 foot 3, chestnut brown hair, and an angelic face. She responded by taking my hand cautiously while looking at me inquisitively. You probably won't believe this, but I'm a criminal, I told her, while she looked at me in disbelief. Smiling, I went on to explain the entire situation. I had been convicted of DWI, needed 50 hours of community service, I sang and played the guitar, and that I would come there once a week and entertain for free. She looked at me with a blank face and still hadn't said a word. All of a sudden, she blurted out, Come with me! She walked me into another room, opened the desk, drawer and handed me an application and said, fill this out. I filled it out and as I brought it back to her, she began to smile. I explained about my upcoming appointment on Thursday. She gave me her card, had them call me. I couldn't thank her enough as she said, you're welcome, with kind of a sympathetic look on her face. I went to my appointment on Thursday, filled out another application, met with another pleasant young woman, Myra Portillo explained the situation, giving her Mary Ann's card, and somewhat to my surprise, she was amenable to the entire situation. I think it's great, she told me. Sunday afternoon, Mary Ann called and asked me to come in to make out my schedule. I went to see her on Monday, and we set up a schedule for two hours every Wednesday afternoon from 3 to 5 p.m. First, I would do an hour upstairs, and then I would go down to the main floor and do the second show. The folks upstairs were people who needed some form of long-term care. They were not fully capacitated and had dementia, Alzheimer's, etc. I sat on a chair and the aides would put them in a circle around me. Without any sheet music, I'd play everything that existed in my memory bank, from originals to 50s and 60s music. They loved it. The people downstairs were a little bit more complicated. They were relatively alert and needed aid, but not long-term care. After I finished upstairs, I'd do the second show downstairs. I would set up outside the main lobby just before the dining room. Again, from my memory, I'd play everything basically that I had played upstairs. One afternoon, I think it was the third week, a crusty old woman, who I was told was never happy, snapped at me. 
don't you know any other songs? I looked at her, and after suppressing a little anger, thought to myself, this bitch is right. So I asked her if there was anything or any song in particular she wanted to hear. Crazy, she explained. I had always liked the tune written by Patsy Cline. Probably the most popular rendition of it was done by Willie Nelson. I told her I'd learn it and do it the following week. I asked other folks if there were any more requests. I got several, including How Great Thou Art. That night, I went to the computer, found the website cordy.com, and began downloading songs. Every week, I download two or three new songs, and eventually I put together a fake book that I still have today. Later on, I found out that the woman who requested How Great Thou Art was blind. I play the song for her every week, and she couldn't thank me enough. They all seemed to thoroughly enjoy the shows. As I was building up my hours, Marianne and I developed what I would like to think became a friendship. One day, she asked me if I wanted to come in Mondays for an hour and call bingo. So getting into May with three hours a week, I was slowly eating up my community service hours. In June, I called Myra and asked her if she minded if I found another senior village so I could burn up more hours. She told me she might know of a place. She called me back about an hour later and gave me the phone number of the Farmingdale Adult Daycare Center. I was to contact Brandy. I called her and set up for an hour that Friday morning at 11 o'clock. I got there a little early. The center was located in the basement of the Lutheran Church in Farmingdale. For some reason, I was a little nervous. The people at this location only required or could only afford daycare. In other words, unlike Sunrise, they got there at 8.30 in the morning and left at 3 p.m. It was daycare. I played until 12 o'clock. When I was done, Brandy came over to me and said, You're fucking great. Thank you. She signed my sheet, and I've been going there ever since. Now I do it because it makes me feel good. Brandy was good to me while I was on probation, and it keeps my chops up. By the end of June, between Sunrise and Farmingdale... I'd accumulated over 50 hours. I kept performing at Farmingdale and still do. Sunrise was another story. Politics reared its ugly head there, and Marianne was replaced. About a month earlier, she had confided in me that something was going on behind her back. She was upset by it, and I felt bad for her. Coincidentally, the person who fired and eventually replaced her was a friend of my sister Janice's. Marianne was treated unfairly. Marianne is probably better off. I never saw her again, but I won't forget her kindness.